real quickly, Kendall. Uh, we do this every year. There's always new All Stars from year to year that make their first All Star appearance. We've been doing this since we were not doing the podcast. It's just as a fun thing to me to see what guys we think. Because we always do, they always say, well, who's the most improved? But it's fun to see, you know, like, who's the guy that was not an all-star, that's an all-star player all of a sudden? Next year, we're like, yo, this team got this all-star now. Um, who do you think are, give me one player from East Conference who you think will be all-star players this year. And I think that we both think it's Ben Simmons, so we both didn't pick Ben Simmons. So everyone who doesn't do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why did we I don't really give you a chance to go to Ben Simmons, but. Uh, yeah. We all, we also, all so of, outside of him. Made it anyway last year. Yeah, so outside of him, who will be the uh, two new All-Stars? Um, in the East, I'll go Jason Tatum. Uh, and in the West, I will go Devin Booker. I'm going Donovan Mitchell and Aaron Gordon. Uh, Aaron Gordon's a, that's a fairly, uh, fairly bold pick right there. Yeah, 26 last night. Um, he had really good numbers last. I mean, the efficiency wasn't great, but he had pretty good numbers last year. There's a forward spot that's going to be glaringly missing because LeBron's not there. I think there might be two because I don't know if Kevin Love without LeBron what he is. And even if he plays well, maybe they won't put him in because the team sucks. So right. that's like two forward spots potentially that are wide open. And but okay but then Kawhi is going to take one. But what if Kawhi is looked at as a shooting guard? Kawhi's not a shooting guard. Yeah, Danny Yeah, so maybe not. Okay, so Kawhi's take one. You're right. So okay, there's at least I think there's probably at least one spot available. So someone's got to make it as a forward. Who I think Jason Tatum is a, is a possibility. There's a lot of guys he's going to compete with with his own team. So what are his numbers going to look like? Yeah, I think Aaron Gordon's on the team where he's going to get all the shots. Um, there's word that they might try to trade him. So they may really let him shoot a lot so he can get his value up. So he can kind of move on and kind of start tanking, which is what they really need to do. <laughs> which is like, I never get when team, a team that like hasn't been playing for like five years, like, we have to start tanking, blow it up. Yeah, it's like, what well, have you been what? doing? You guys are already starting. Are you been trying to win the last five yeah, years? Yeah, what, what have you been doing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I read that this, uh, this last week, and I was like, what? I was like, I get I mean, We got a trade to play. We just drafted in the top five. Three years ago. Yeah, I'm like, didn't you tank to get this guy? <laughs> now he's now he's good, and you're talking about letting him play well so you can trade him so you can tank again? I don't. And he's I, never played in the playoffs in his career? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, NBA is weird sometimes. But uh, I think he's going to get a lot of shots. Um, shout out to Chris Brinkley. But Chris Brinkley was really talking him up this offseason. Um, and I don't know. I'm buying, I'm buying into it. He was talking about how, he was talking about how him and Durant were really going at it in these workouts. In that, this dude is someone that really people need to pay attention to. He also said that Hoodie Mello was going to be was going to was going to break the league, and that certainly didn't work out. Hey, he also uh, he's also hyping up Stanley Johnson this offseason. Stanley Johnson got a, a DNP CD his first game. Stanley so, Johnson is the uh, is that, that, He's like the epitome of like, like I never thought in the NBA we would have guys who were like workout warriors. That's what Stanley Johnson is. Like we know that's in the NFL, but that's what Stanley Johnson is—the NFL NBA version of the workout warrior. Look at his yeah, game, you're like yo, this guy. You can see him play in summer league games. See him play in workouts. You're like, this guy should be at twenty five next year. And then he plays in the, in the NBA. And it looks like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I, I don't know. I'm hopeful that with Casey, he, he can learn a little bit 
But I said that about the last coach. Yeah. How many coaches is he going to go through? I said, yo, Stanley Johnson is a real coach. He's going to figure it out. Because I was super high on Stanley Johnson. And yo, oh, you remember me, man. I thought Stanley Johnson was, like, a lot all-star. I was, like, any team was going to be And, like, again, you look at his body and his skill level, you're like, oh, this guy, he has it all. But I thought he'd be better in the NBA than he was in college. And, I mean, he's, he's like, like he also is kind of that guy that you always talk about that, you know, undersized forward that dominates yeah. college because of his physical attributes that yeah, gets the NBA and he's very ordinary. Real men, and then things are very different. Yeah. I don't know. Should have took my own advice on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Kendall. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think Aaron Gore is going to be great. I put Donovan Mitchell, too. The guard position is tough, but I, can, I have the Jazz being really good. So, I think that if the Jazz are at the th- three seed, they get one all-star. And maybe two. Probably. So, it's going to be Mitchell or Gobert. I think Gobert actually will make it, too. So, he, he'll also be an all-star. But, uh, but I'm, I'm going to say Mitchell takes a spot from one of these guards we're accustomed to seeing. You know, we're accustomed to seeing Clay Thompson every year. We're accustomed to seeing, um, you know, your Chris Pauls, who didn't make it last year, or Damian Lillard. One of them guys ain't making it this year. It's going to be Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I think with Jason Tatum, I mean, I think the Celtics have the chance to get, like, four All-Stars this year. If things work out the way they might, I think Kyrie, assuming everybody's healthy, I think Kyrie's a lot. Uh, I think Horford's probably a lock. And then I think Tatum is getting closer and closer to almost being a lock at this point. Because if he if he's the second leading scorer on a team that is by far the first seed in the Eastern Conference, then it's going to be hard not to put him on there. And cause I think Tatum's going to wind up, he'll probably end up at 17, 18 points a game this year. Um, and if he does that, and the team's a one seed, even those numbers aren't, like, earth-shattering. But uh, with the efficiency that he plays with, even we saw last night, um, he had he was, he was by far the best player on the court. Well, not last night, but on Tuesday. He was the best player on the court. And he had half the touches that both Embiid and Simmons had. Right. And he was the high man. You know, he's very, very efficient in what he does. But um, I also think Jalen Brown has a shot at making. I'm not... I don't think Hayward will make it because I don't think he'll he'll get his legs under him until possibly second the second half of the season. He'll be on a minutes restriction for a little bit. Uh, probably won't be the same player for a long time. But um, I think also because of that, Tatum will be that lead guy at the wing position, and be, and he'll he'll get a lot of those go to shots. And Tatum's a, I mean, he's active a player, but he's gonna I think he'll make it in the West. Uh, I I got I put Devin Booker because one because you already said Donovan Mitchell, uh, so I tried to find somebody different and I think you're right that guard position is very open and I think if Phoenix who looked very good last night does compete for a playoff spot, it's going to be because Devin Booker is like averaging twenty six twenty seven points a game and I don't think that that's outside of the realm of possibility if he's healthy the way he can shoot the basketball and the way he can score the basketball. So I, I'm going to say that there's an outside chance that Booker is, like, just one of the 10 or 15 leading scorers in the league, and then he gets the all-star not because of that. Yeah, bold prediction. Uh, De- Devin Booker will be at the top five in the scoring leaders. He might actually win the scoring title. Wow. 
Yeah, see, I didn't go that far. I'm but, going that far. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought the 27 points was uh Well, was if, if he averages 27 points, he might, he might lead the league in scoring. And nowadays, I feel like you got to get 30. Harden, Harden scores a lot, so he makes it harder now. But Melo won it with the Knicks, averaging 28. Yeah, man, that was, in, that was in another NBA. I know. That was in a Dan Tony Rockets list NBA. But, I mean, to me, to me, Harden and Davis are the guys that are really, like, you got to really keep pace if you want to try to score with them. Yeah, but and then Westbrook. Booker's going to get the shots. He, he, we try, we try to think that he ain't going to get the shots to get to get to. to, to oh, man, we're Aiden now. We'll see. I don't think Aiden's going to affect him. And Charles Dave King, he said it on the show last week. I agree, but I don't think Aiden's going to affect his shot at all. Right. And that just means less time we get to see Dragon Ben. As I'm concerned, some of them other dudes that we ain't seen shoot that much, which would be fine for the Suns. But Booker will put it up still. Are, don't the Suns feel so much different about Marquis Fleet? Not Marquise, Marquise, uh, Chris. Yeah, they actually, yeah, there's like a level of credit. They just seem like smarter. Yeah, well, I mean. They just seem less, less dopey. Marquise, Chris. Marquise, Chris. He actually, he did play a lot, which is probably why they seem so dopey all the time. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was like starting for them and stuff. But like, his, his presence or lack thereof last, this year, I feel like he just changed like the outlook of like, they just seem like a smart basketball team on something. Yeah, it epitomizes, like, everything wrong with them when he was out there. So, I agree with you on that. Real quickly, Kendall, uh, we spent so much time on this show. I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. Um, This G League contract thing is kind of crazy. If you haven't heard already, NBA announced that the G League will be offering $125,000 contracts to what they call uh, elite talents. Elite prospects, players, <laughs> yeah, 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 I hate this eighteen stuff, years old. Well, okay, Kendall's already making it clear what he he thinks about this. Um, uh, high school players or any players who are not eligible to be in the NBA draft due to the age restriction, they will be offered. Uh, they can be offered contracts called elite contracts to pay them one hundred twenty five thousand dollars to play in the G League. This is an, an obvious. Uh, this is an obvious response shot to me to college basketball's rules about agents and stuff that the NBA made very clear they were blindsided about that they didn't like. I think that this is a tit for tat. I think this is a lot more petty than people think because it does kind of put college basketball in a little bit of a bind. I'm not sure how much of it quite yet. Some people are saying this is massive. Jay Bell is already saying this is massive. Then I saw someone else making a point that, you know, $125,000 is a lot of of money, but would I rather get that bag legally playing in Sioux Falls or illegally playing at Duke? That's a real question. (laughs) I'm not going to fuck. That's a real question. It may not, to the normal person, it may be like, no, I'll just play the year in Sioux Falls and just get, no. The notoriety, the the fame you get for playing at UCLA, living in Los Angeles, and you still probably getting that bag, it just may be under the table. That's a conversation. So, where do you stand on this? You oh, you clearly hate it. So, explain well, why. Well, no. I, I just hate the whole uh, elite. <laughs> We're determining who's an elite prospect and all that nonsense. Guys can do whatever they want. Uh, if a D-league team wants to offer a, a player $125,000, I don't care if he's the 200th best player in the country or the number yeah, one ranked player in the country. I agree that the whole elite thing should have anything to do with it. If someone wants to yeah, it's the same thing that the NCAA did. We're going to determine 
through USA Basketball, who's an elite prospect, and that's way too subjective. The 24th player in the country gets it, but the 25th player in the country doesn't. Are we then going to be like, wow, you know, like, why didn't that guy get it? Or we're going to look back two years from now and be like, the guy that, you know, like Trey Young, who people didn't think would be one and done, obviously should have been allowed to go straight out of high school, but people didn't determine him in a prospect. Quote so I just don't like that whole concept. But overall, this is a, uh, it's an interesting rule. I agree. It's, I've gone back and forth and heard many sides to um, whether or not this will move the needle for college basketball. It'll move the needle in the sense there will be guys that will be playing the deal. Yes. I'm not saying that like, the number one player in the country will be playing the G League. I'm not saying that every McDonald American will be playing the D League or the G League, but there will be a handful of guys that do it. Um, you know, I've heard, uh, I mean, eight, Evan Daniels from 247 Sports uh, said that he spoke to uh, an NBA agent that said that he, he would never in a million years, advise a player to go to the G League under this rule. Um, I've also heard, I mean, even Penny Hardaway today said that he expects most guys will go to the G League <laughs> and take the money, which wow, really, very striking comment considering he coached, he just coached AAU basketball a year ago. Uh, so it's not, it's not, I don't think he says that blindly. Uh, so... I don't know what to I don't know what to take or what to consider. Um, personally, I don't think that this will affect too much, only because when you talk about the business of college basketball, um, most of the money that these guys are going to be looking to make will be from sneaker companies. The six-figure one hundred twenty-five thousand dollar endorsement deal or a uh, you know salary. It's nice, but it's what we've learned over the last year is what these guys are getting anyway. <laughs> the top yeah, the elite players for them. Yeah, they're getting six figures anyway. So it's not that's not ground groundbreaking. What is groundbreaking would be if Zion Williamson uh or DeAndre Ayton or whoever were allowed to get uh a nine figure deal from Nike. You know, if they were allowed to get a uh or even a seven-figure deal from Nike that allowed them to then uh, brand themselves and brand their likenesses. So that's the caveat. But at the same time, we have to understand these brands have a lot invested in college basketball. So is Nike going to be lining up to pay so-and-so this much money to be their top endorser when, at the end of the day, they also need... Duke, because they're paying Duke a lot of money to put their their names on their jerseys, and they're paying Kentucky a lot to put their names on their jerseys and their logos on their jerseys. So that's that's the conflict that I see in this whole scenario: is that will the brands really be behind guys playing the G League? Because we also have to remember these guys are not nearly as marketable if they're playing the D League as they are if they're playing on ESPN, on CBS Sports, they're playing in March Madness. There's a lot to this stuff that, you know, these TV deals have already been negotiated by uh, by the conferences and by ESPN and by the networks. 
And at the end of the day, exposure has a lot to do with marketability. And if your marketability is hurt because you don't have the exposure because you're playing in two falls on ESPN three or on, you know, CBS Sports Two, like I don't think that I don't think that brands like that very much and then your marketability goes down and then your endorsement potential goes down and you won't get the twenty million dollar contract that Ben Simmons got from Nike playing for a terrible L T team. Yeah, it, that's that's a good point about how will the senior companies react. I'm sure, you know, Coach K or Tom Izzo or one of these coaches, you know, they may tell Nike to kind of fall back uh, unless they want to take their business elsewhere um, on prospects that, you know, they're recruiting in regards to saying, oh, look, just take this bag and go get $100,000 from the G League, you know. Um, so, some people will do it anyway, but I I do agree. Yeah, guys, are, guys think for themselves. There are guys, I mean, we saw Darius Baisley do it from Syracuse this year. Left, decided not to go to Syracuse and went to, straight to the D League. Decided now that he's not going to play in the D League at all. He's just going to do it. We're just going to train for the draft. Yeah. But uh, I think Rich Paul, who's his agent, I think most agents, even the agent that spoke to Evan Daniels, I think they also realize that it's not a smart thing for Eddie, got a random dude to high school player to play in the D League for a year. It's yeah, just. Yeah, you can only just get lost in the shuffle. You can only get lost in the shuffle. You're you're playing a new system, a bunch of veteran guys that are hungry, uh, that are going to try and embarrass you. Every game that you play is going to be a showcase for that other guy. Yeah. Um, NBA, with NBA scouts, it's just it's only a losing strategy. And I understand you're going to get paid, but the competition is harder in the G League than I think it is in Division One college basketball. So I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you may I mean, not have the high end talent, right. but the depth Overall, is way going to be way better. Right? Yeah, there are guys who can be flipping burgers. Uh, yeah, or hopefully not. Maybe you know, being accountants or whatever, but not playing the NBA or playing any kind of basketball. That playing yeah, exactly. D one school. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh that that's the that that that's the downside of doing this G League thing. That when you get the money, uh, and it also. Besides Zion Williamson, who's going to get a real sneaker endorsement from a shoe, a shoe brand? That's the thing is that it's going to take like a major, a big time high school kid. Like, like I think even like the fifteenth guy or like the eleventh guy, like that's that guy's not getting a shoe deal. That he's not. I mean, R.J. Barrett would have trouble. R.J. Barrett maybe can get he some. Can, he he's, he's Canadian. He get a deal, but like, would Cam Reddish get a deal from somebody? I mean, he get a deal too. It won't he, be a lot. He get a deal, but like. Would he get a deal that like he'll probably get next year after he started at Duke for a year? No, it would be a different kind of deal. And that that's what I would advise him to look, you can wait a year and you're gonna get an extra couple extra millions on that on that on that dotted line. Yeah, no, yeah, because that then the whole part of like that whole situation with like team like high school like you know, you know Ds in these places kinda like, you know, scouring these high school athletes is that, you know, they want to establish a relationship so that when these guys eventually break out, then they'll be in a position to sign them. They don't, I don't think that their, like, hope is that, oh, well, if we could, we'd just like to sign this guy today. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe that is the case, but um, that seems to me would be a very risky investment because, like, if you look at the top recruiting list every year and you look five years from now, like, 
You're gonna see guys in the top ten. You're gonna be like, who the that guy made the top ten? He didn't, he didn't play college basketball. Like you know, like you gonna see lists that are gonna look really weird. You know, you got Jeremy Tyler who was the best player two years in a row. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like so that that would be a crazy investment. Just be like 16 years old. Yo, here's here's two million dollars. Like even for like the top guys, that's still a risky investment. Uh, we had a two hour mark, Kendall. Can we uh, let's do Kendall's court real quickly and let's get out of here. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it ties right into what we've been talking about. But uh, this college basketball trial has been uh, wrapping up this week. And closing arguments have been made. All the evidence, at least from this part of the trial, is uh, being put out there. And some (laughs) absolute bombshell stuff has uh, has come out over the last couple of days. Uh, First, we had... Well, first, I'll get on Coach K, who... Um, well, no, I'll go, I'll go on the trial first and I'll get to Coach K. The trial, we've had, um, LSU's coach, Will Wade, was apparently caught on, on a wiretap talking to, uh, an agent, I believe. I mean, it might have been the, uh, the fellow Christian Dawkins who's been at the center of all this, talking about how the guy has a player, uh, that wants something and, uh, the coach acknowledges that, oh, this is what he wants. That there's going to be some stuff involved, and it's acknowledged. Well, we acknowledge it, blah blah blah. And long story short, two days later, uh, the recruit Balsa uh, Kaprivica, who is like a top thirty player in the country, uh, ends up getting a scholarship offer from from LSU. So, you know, basically, people are putting two and two together. That you know, oh, Will Wade acknowledged on wiretap that this guy wants. Uh, money. Him and his family want money right. to play college basketball. And then he gets, the, the kid announces that he has a scholarship offer from LSU a couple of days later. Uh, obviously, some, some something went down there. Um, then we had uh, a, a Kansas assistant coach, Curtis Townsend, being caught on wiretap talking to an Adidas representative, essentially saying that Zion Williamson's father uh, basically the, the assistant tells the Adidas rep that Zion Williamson's father has been asking for stuff. And the Adidas rep says, yeah, he's asking for, I know he's asking for a house, a six-figure job, and cash. and Or, or it might be the other way around. It might have been a job and six figures in cash, regardless, same idea. And then the Kansas coach, the assistant coach, says, well, if that's what it's going to take to get him on 10 months, then we have to do it. Ultimately... Uh, that's obviously that's very damning from Kansas' perspective, but yeah. in in reality, he didn't do anything because well, it, it, he didn't take anything from Kansas. I don't think he didn't go there. Not at their school. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if there's a violation for just saying, "Oh, yeah, maybe we should have to do it." You know, I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah, if you say on tape, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill that guy. <laughs> the guy's alive. I mean, yeah, I didn't commit a crime. Arrested? Right? You say, yeah, well, I, I mean, said I the conspiracy. The I don't know. I never, I never killed him. <laughs> So, so I doesn't rob that house. I never robbed the house. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. But it, it certainly makes him look bad. It probably cost him his job. But um, it makes what makes who really looks bad in this case is Coach K, who I'll get to again later. But it makes the Duke program look bad because uh, obviously that's where Zion Williamson ended up going. And look, there's nothing. Nothing has come out about Duke in this trial. 
the Duke University uh, name label brand has not come up in this trial, but if anyone can connect the dots to the brain, they'll realize that, look, Zion Williamson didn't go to Kansas. Kansas was very willing to offer six figures plus amenities to go to Kansas <laughs> for weird. Zion Williamson's family. And he didn't even have them in, the, in his top five. So if this kid ended up going to Duke, what do you think he got from that? Did he just go to Duke on the merit of their better university? I can maybe take that case if you told me that we weren't talking about Kansas. We were talking about, you know, like, I don't know, Wichita State. You know, if we were talking about, you know, even, yeah, yeah, even Memphis. If we were talking about Memphis, I'd be like, look, it's Duke. They can get a guy for a year than just brainwash him and saying that's a better deal. But Kansas is one of the five best programs in college basketball. Do we really think if they were offering a kid six figures, he would go to Duke for free? Probably not. So, I look, I'm not accusing Zion Williamson of anything, but it looks very bad on his part. Uh, very similar to the whole uh, Cam Newton situation, if you ask me. Um, and then lastly, today, we, sat, we had uh, the attorney for Jim Gatto, who is one of Adidas' top executives, came out flatly and said that Bill Self requested uh, that Adidas pay a recruit, Silvio DeSouza, uh, $20,000 I guess to his handler, something along those lines. But this makes Bill Self look very bad. Bill Self, he also got caught doing something else this week. I forgot. I think I want to say that Bill Self was caught um, acknowledging that an Adidas rep was talking money with somebody else. I don't know, something. Regardless, this is the most damning thing about Bill Self, that he personally requested that this kid be financed, $20,000. Uh, which I'm losing track on how much this money even is. Because it's like, I mean, if you would have told me back in the day this, that they were paying got $20,000, I'd be like, that's crazy money. But, I mean, six figures seems to be the standard rate. So, I mean, I guess 20000 isn't that much. But regardless, um, I don't know if Bill Self is going to keep his job. Because... Who think he survive this? To be fair, this wasn't anything that I don't believe was played. I don't think, like, there's audio that was played of Bill asking for $20,000. This is an attorney, a defense attorney, that is making the case that Bill Self knows for a fact, or they know for a fact that Bill Self, I think he's disputing that there's evidence that Bill Self did this. But um, if there's any way that they can prove this without a shadow of a doubt, then Bill Self has to go. Not only this, right. but then the the Zion Williamson situation. Yeah. Because there's no way you can tell me Curtis Townsend, who, uh, again, is an assistant at Kansas, uh, black assistant, which uh, is obviously continues to be a trend, but an assistant at Kansas who got caught. You know way you can tell me he's a rogue assistant, saying, oh, we got to pay Zion $100,000 and give him everything. Yeah, that story yeah. is becoming more and more ridiculous, like, the more we're learning about how this stuff yeah. It always was then, ridiculous, but now it even sounds more ridiculous. And I'll tell you what, a name that we haven't heard in this trial at all is Sean Miller. And 
the reason we haven't heard Sean Miller is because I don't think anything has come up with, like, we haven't gotten to the Book Richardson no, part of this trial. So that's only a matter of time. Yeah, I, think this, I don't think this trial is completely done because this part would be some of the deepest guys. Yeah. But we haven't gotten to Arizona. We haven't gotten to Oliver and with some of those guys. Chuck Person hasn't been involved at all with Richardson. So I'm going to, all I'll say is that, look, you know, Arizona, the Arizona fans, you know, Sean Miller even, they were they were all high and mighty about, you know, clowning Mark Slayball for his report that seemed shoddy. And I read that report again today, and it sounded eerily similar to the things I heard about Will Wade, mm. which, you know, is basically Will Wade was caught talking to Christian Dawkins, the agent, about possibly financing for a player. And that's basically exactly what uh, Mark Slaywell reported. He said there was evidence, according to a government official, a source close to the government investigation, that Sean Miller had a conversation with Christian Dawkins about giving DeAndre Aiden a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I'm not saying that, you know, like I don't I don't know if that's ever gonna come out, but if this Will Wade thing came out and we knew nothing about that, I would think that this Sean Miller thing will eventually come out. Because it'll come out in the if it does come out, it'll come out when Book Richardson is involved. But um yeah, all that stuff is crazy. And then Coach Gay real quick. He was talking about all this college basketball corruption and stuff at some point. I guess it may have been ACC media day. But they asked him about it. He said that – let me actually – let me pull up the Coach Gate quote real quick. It was it was uh, grotesque at best. Um, yeah, Coach K EJ is a guy that you haven't been the highest on uh, over the last couple of years. You've yeah, been very critical of him at uh, – Taking my, my shots and, and criticizing him when I thought it was right. Yeah, so basically Coach K was asked about the college basketball corruption trial, and he called it, quote, a blip. He said, I think it's minute. It's a blip. It's not It's not what's happening. And he even went as far as to say that uh, he doesn't think that they've, Duke has ever lost a player to cheating. Or something along those lines. Yeah, now, exactly what he said. That's exactly what you said, right? Yeah. Now, I don't. I look. I. I don't know if Coach K is getting older, and because of that, he may be more, you know, susceptible to saying more outlandish things. I don't. I don't. I think Coach K is still very, very, very sharp, but you can't. You can't say something like that. That's just foolish. It's ignorant. It's almost like. It's disrespectful to the FBI, who have, I mean, mountains of evidence that suggest otherwise. They probably, they might have evidence on Coach K that makes him look like Donald Trump. But regardless, um, this, this, uh, this, this quote, these quotes just look ridiculous, especially when you hear the Zion Williamson thing about how Kansas was offering him uh, all this money and then he ends up going to Duke. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. You might as well. You might as well come out and say, "Yeah, I'm doing it too," but I don't want to admit it. So nothing's happening. It's like the dog gif of you know everything's fine. Yeah. While everything around is burning. Um, real quickly on K, I thought it was very fascinating 
that it seemed almost it almost looked like a coordinated effort by all of college basketball's establishment writers to all crush him for that comment. They know really? something we don't know. Because these dudes and ladies as well, they won't touch this dude. They've defended him through nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. I came on the show and have crushed him on some stupidity. It seems like every year. And very few of these establishment college basketball writers wanted to touch him. I get it. Having just been in a major college basketball event, I could understand why they wouldn't want to do that. But I thought it was pretty weird that to see what looked like, again, almost like a coordinated effort. When that quote came out, and to see so many of the college basketball writers retweeting that quote and all pretty much unabashedly crushing him for being so out of touch, I feel like Coach Gay's day is coming. <laughs> um, what do you mean? <laughs> I say that in that they know, I don't know if they know something involved with the FBI investigation that will be leaked, but they know he's open season now. Because it's been widely known he was a dude you did not go after under almost any circumstances. And we saw it. Because he was, he's been saying nonsense for like five years now. Like every year he's, every year he says some kind of crazy nonsense. And every year I'm like the only one Who's like, anyone else see this fool acting crazy right now? And nobody can say anything? Like, the fact that all of a sudden this FBI investigation comes out, he says this thing, now they all want to say, oh, Coach K, no, is out of touch for saying this thing. He was out of touch for lying about Dylan Brooks. Yeah. He was out of touch when he gave Grayson Allen a one-game suspension for serially tripping opponents. He's been doing weird stuff for a long time now, and he keeps getting a pass. The fact that now they decided on this, that this was the tipping point, a statement that was weird. I don't know why he said what he said. I think there was arrogance involved. That this was the tipping point, I feel like they know they got him on something. And they're like, it's, we can now openly. They're not afraid of, of whatever relationship they may lose by criticizing him openly. Because they, they never do. It was it was very striking to see how many of them decided, no, I'm going to take my shot at him today on this. Hey, look, it's it, honestly, I think it's becoming, do you want to end up on the wrong side of history? Right. You I, know, that I, that's type what, of I totally agree. You know, even, like, I've noticed a guy that we've criticized in the media a lot has been Dick Vitale mm-hmm. for being too light on the college basketball elite in the coaches and I mean, the past like two weeks, he's been he's been hot on Twitter, blasting any big name coach he can for his FBI investigation. Thing. They're all going down, and you know there's some stuff out there, and you know Bill Self's a, a, a disgrace. And I don't know if he said that, but just saying, you know, this Kansas thing's crazy, and, and he's saying this, that, and the other. And I gotta give credit to Dick Vitale in that situation. Yeah, shout out to Dick Vitale. You know, I would love to have him on the show. <laughs> want to come talk about <laughs> you know, because yeah. like... But yes, we and, have to criticize him. And I think that these guys, I think Dick Vitale realizes 
He's not an idiot. <laughs> he's that. Look, there's a there there with these guys. Yeah, and they're going to look, gonna look crazy if they continue to <laughs> to treat these guys like deities. This isn't, look, I, 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 we don't talk politics, really, but this isn't Fox News. Like, they're not just going to die on the sword of Bill Self or Coach K. They, yeah. they, these guys have jobs. Yeah, exactly. They, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're journalists. And it's funny you mentioned Fox News because there was a bit of, I felt a bit of Trump in the K comments. Like, yeah, you know, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Our president tends to like to dismiss like actual real investigations and real facts as nothing and don't fake news or whatever. The only thing that was missing from that was that him saying it was fake news. It was zero. The only thing missing that could have been a Trump quote, what he said. So, there, I don't know what the deal is with K, but again, he's been kind of on this tip really since he started getting these good players and winning championships again, as far as I'm concerned. In regards to self, which brings me to my overall point before we get out of here, why do people, there clearly has been a shift in society's feelings about college basketball pay to play corruption. Because no one cares about this stuff right now. You called it bombshells, and they are bombshells, but no one's treating them as that. Yeah, it's really weird. Now, what I'll say is this. While I think you're right about Coach K always being treated in the sense that, you know, they blasted him for the whole blip comment, I do think that they still have been very light on, like, not putting two two together that his, his most marketable, his most... Notable players, obviously, very likely yeah, getting paid to go to do because like, that's because that's like we can do that, but they're not going to jump out the window that much because like he could <sighs> survive this, and then they got to deal with them saying he cheated to get Zion Williamson. They're not going to do that. But, yeah, I understand. But even, I understand, do, but even like, to do what they did was surprising. But what were we doing? I mean, to be fair, like the Cam Newton thing wasn't like a did Auburn pay him. Controversy is more of like a did he take money controversy. Sure. But I think people even then kind of realized what Auburn probably paid this guy. Yeah, yeah, people were saying that back then. So it's like, ah, I don't know. But at the same time, like you said, even Bill Self, how he hasn't been just ran through them. I mean, this isn't like, this isn't a report. This is like being said in court. This is court document record. This is stuff on, on, by under oath. Yeah, under oath. Yeah, that really should be that should be the end. Like that should be like, all right, we should be talking about this on every major news station. But but beyond that, like as far as we know, I think all this stuff is evidence is wiretapped evidence. It's not as if this stuff doesn't exist and that this is hearsay. Do you think our society has become more sympathetic to the plight that? athletes should be paid, therefore they don't care about this, or it may not be either of these, but I think it's either one of these two things for me. Or, has our acceptance as a American society of political corruption an obvious foolery from the highest of people in the highest of offices? Has our tolerance for that seeped into this I think it's either one or the other or maybe even a a bit of both interesting because um look say what you want I this is not a political show but 
clearly there are real smoking elements. gun oh, yeah. elements to our president and some of his business dealings that have been reported that would in previous administrations sink that person in office. And there's been a bunch of other issues this dude has been dealing with since he's been in office. And we, as a society, have had a tolerance. We are allowing him to still run office. He's the president. You know, yes, people protest or whatever. But there is not some massive, he needs to be out of office today because of this stuff. Everyone seems to be kind of okay, just kind of resigned to the fact that this is just what the situation is. And I do wonder if that has kind of seeped into our reality in regards to just all corruption. This is all corruption. And do we just not really care that much? Like, do we care that much that college athletes aren't being paid and that it's just disenfranchisement and therefore we're just kind of looking the blind eye? Because that would be in, that would be inconsistent with what I hear all the time is that, um, that, you know, black athletes and their complaints are ridiculous and that they should just shut up and dribble. Those things don't match. Yeah, it's yeah, it, that's that, that's an interesting uh, take. It's weird because I feel like if we found this out about some of the biggest names in college football, I think they'd be. I think this would be a story. But that's only because college football is a lot better at keeping this stuff under wraps than the, than in college basketball. For whatever reason, I would disagree with that. I I I I don't disagree that I agree that college football has found a way to not make this kind of stuff the story, um, and not having it come out in public or being caught by the feds. But I don't think that I think that the I think that the reaction would be the exact same. That's tough. Maybe it's because the season also isn't going on right now. So like, I, I do think it'd be a bigger story if teams were playing games. Kind of like right. the Sean Miller thing happened. Well, that's what I want to say about Sean Miller real quick. Is that, and we really got to get out of here soon. But, like, I think Arizona and Sean Miller, it, the Sean Miller thing is actually what really connected me to Trump. Because that was, like, the exact example of reporting of corruption from a high person in power. And what did they do? They just denied it and waited it out. <laughs> yeah. They didn't do anything else. They didn't really defend themselves very much. They didn't they just said, I that didn't happen. Prove it. And I'm gonna keep doing my job. And Arizona was like, let's see how this works. And it worked. Like for a day, everyone's like, yo, how is John Miller coaching? And he just finished the season and then we just forgot about it. That's kind of been how we've been as a country. Something crazy comes out about the president, and then we're like how is he letting us? How are we letting him do this? And then tomorrow he's still doing it. I don't know. I think that there's a very obvious correlation there. That it, 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 I don't know if it's even conscious. I just wonder if it's subconscious. That it's just like whatever. People are cheating everywhere, and we just gonna live with it and move on. Because these stories, like I said, you said bombshells earlier, and I do think that they're credible. That's a credible way to describe them. But they're not being treated by as such by the fans or uh, even by the media as a whole. Also, I, I do think there, if you want to talk about conspiracies, I do think there are networks out there that don't want to cover this because they paid a lot of money for these guys to be the faces of college basketball. Yeah, they have a lot of big-time conference deals. Yeah, 
I, I, I mean, no Bill Self, no Coach K, no Kyle Perry. Or even getting on the bad side of those organizations. And, you know, I call them organizations in their schools, but basically they are organizations. Uh, getting on the wrong side of those organizations come contract time in the conferences is very, could mean a lot of money lost. Like, that's not a small deal. Like those coaches, exactly. those coaches run the conference, and they remember when you ran them through the mud. Although, well, those schools remember when you ran them through the mud. And ESPN decided that you know we're going to go all in on 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 Bill Self. Maybe next time, the Big Twelve basketball contract goes to Fox. Yeah. So, how do you feel like this? How do you feel like this ends for Bill Self, and how do you feel like this will end for Coach Gay? I think they. I think that Bill Self will survive this. I, I think that we're in a period where we were accepting corruption. The Coach K, I'm not as sure about because I pay attention to everything. And the way they reacted to that quote he made tells me something. I don't know what it is yet. But it, I think it suggests that there's something about what he's doing that they know that we don't know. That allowed them to, to, to just go all and season on him. My like, last he thing said is, dumber stuff before, and no one has really brought him up and called him to the carpet. The fact that that was a tipping point was weird. Yeah, my my last thing is that I feel like this Kansas thing, not to say that Kansas, and there's never been any obvious reason that Kansas has been cheating. There have been minor things that they've done, but for the most part, they've been a clean program. But I do think there was some. I think there. I think people, especially after the Louisville thing, people took for, people didn't take for granted. They realized, all right, they need this. They need this top school is Kansas. They're taking top school is Louisville. Louisville doing the stuff. Put two and two together. Probably Kansas isn't the cleanest program. You know, Bill Self. He's kind of an all shucks kind of figure, but not really. I'm not sure if everyone totally believed it. But I do think that if something happened with Coach K or John Calipari that came out in the same way it's come out on self, that it would be national news. If it was K, you saying? K or Calipari. Yeah. Because Coach yeah, K, there's a, there's a stigma that he's clean that would be, that would tarnish his legacy. Uh,. Almost in a way, that, almost in the same way that Joe Paterno legacy was starting at the end of his career. Yeah, I mean, K is is a is a is a American icon. So if something came out with him, I agree that there would be. We and Calipari is going to be kind of a we finally got him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like that, he dodged us for years, and we finally got the story. Someone's going to jump on that thing quick if there's something on Cal. Yeah. I don't think there is. I think he's too. I think he's too good at his job. Yeah, but, yeah, he hasn't gotten caught red-handed yet. We ain't never catching him. And Adidas, and Adidas source spoke to Adam Zagoria, who's been covering all this stuff uh, in New York, and he said that um, he said, "quote Nike uh, is a lot better at covering their their blank." Also, the thing too, like it, it seems like it's just very convenient that Nike is just not involved in any of this stuff. Oh, I mean, Nike not, is way worse. Than, it's probably way worse. again. Put two and two together. Adidas was paying DeAndre Aiden. He ends up going to Arizona. Nike school. Right. You know, Adidas wants Zion Williamson to go to... He's an Adidas kid. He, they want him to go to Kansas. And his top three schools were Duke, Clemson, and Kentucky. You know, like, all Nike schools. 
I, I, Marvin Bagley, Nike kid. I mean, obviously guys were getting paid. Um, they're just a lot, lot, lot less sloppy uh, about paying these guys. Um, what that system is, I do think that we will eventually find out that system. I don't think Nike's involved in this trial at all. I just think that they, they're not going to have like executives arrested. Boy, was that a show? <laughs> two almost two and a half hours. I might make this a two parter here. I think I might have to. This joint is mad long. Um, but if you stuck with us for this episode, whether it's one part or two parts, we appreciate you. Please uh, stay with us for next week for another episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. Make sure you check out all of our content on New Generation Media on YouTube, where we have a bunch of stuff from the American Athletic Conference Media Day and New York Comic Con. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod and on Instagram at New Generation Podcast. Uh, follow uh, our podcast network course, New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, where you can get this show, as well as New Generation Hero Talk, the Imperial Broadcast, as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram at ActionEJ. That does it for now. We'll see you next week. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.